What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Brady Altman's Hale Varsity Com and Magazine is in his office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Well, Rule may not exhale, but you can exhale for just a, a half second, Brady. Uh, great coverage on signing day 2023 uh, this week from you and the crew at HaleVarsity.com uh, and Magazine. So what's next, man? What's next for you? And let's gear up for uh, it should be pretty entertaining spring season for Nebraska football. Yeah, yeah. Immediately, there's still um, a couple of all-star games. East-West Shrine, Oshan and Travis Vokal have played in. Trey Palmer will be in the Senior Bowl tomorrow, uh, keeping an eye on them. And a lot of a lot of meeting, a lot of, you know, getting to meet this staff, those who are still around in February, and then writing about um, kind of positional breakdowns, how things have shaken out, what this new signing period does, who's looking where, and what each position looks like kind of as we build up into – um, into a busier March once kind of, I guess, the staff and the 2024 recruiting class kind of starts to fall together a little bit more. And then the work never truly ends. So we'll just keep plugging away. Well, your takeaway with signing day and uh, the the additions Nebraska got and, and overall, what you think of the number? I mean, I thought Coach Rule laid it out pretty good earlier this week at signing day, just they guys have an opportunity is is this a fit for them and are they a fit for us but the the clean slate theme i think is going to be pretty true yeah i I think he's kind of following a blueprint that was kind of laid forward by lincoln riley at usc um i can't think of kind of schools have adopted since then uh because ncaa rules have kind of relaxed a little bit where how you get to 85 kind of doesn't matter as much as you're at 85 and keep in mind a lot of the uh, 103 now, I think, from Nebraska scholarship count. A lot of those guys hadn't really seen the field or seen significant playing time, I should say, in their time in Nebraska. So Rule wanted to bring in guys uh, through the transfer portal or even just straight, you know, junior college, high school guys into this recruiting class who he thinks could be a potential impact player in Nebraska. Maybe not right away, but down the line, they, they, he sees some development there. Um, having said that, it's it's a big class now and they want to prove who belongs at Nebraska, who fits his vision, who, who is willing to grind and and be part of that standard and that greater work ethic that he aspires to instill here at Nebraska. Um, Now some might leave on their own. Some might declare the transfer portal because they don't see a a future in Matt rules vision, which I think is, is understandable and believable by most parts. I mean, kid wants to go play somewhere, let him go play somewhere. And I think the rule coaching staff is more than amenable to help them find a place like that. Um, so I think that's really what we're going to see in winter workouts. And then in the spring camp is it's going, Trev Albert said in his, um, his monthly radio show, it's going to be football. And I think he meant it's going to be like a real football. Cause these guys are going to be playing for spots, you know, like not just the spring game, but in spring practice, these guys will be putting pedal to the metal because they know that they they might not really have a locker left for him, you know, after that. Brittany Oltmans is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And 
Brady, as we move forward, what is the metric you're going to use to evaluate the success of, of this recruiting class? Matt Rule put it together pretty quickly, so I think at least I'm expecting a little bit of attrition from this recruiting class. I'm not sure if if uh, attrition is going to be the, the metric I'm going to use to determine the success of this, but what, what metric are you going to be using to determine how successful this recruiting class was? Well, it's an interesting question because I think – a lot of the attrition that we see now, or at least common now in college football, is a lot of the guys, the immediate transfers, the four or five stars who don't get to see the field right away. And I think a lot of that is uh, a lot of these guys are studs. And they're studs from 12 years old, and they have never seen the bench since the fifth grade. And they think that they buy into, I can develop, I can be a bench player, role player. But then by October, November, they're like, when's my time going to come around? And they realize they don't like it as much, or they, they're not as okay with it as much as they thought they were going to be. And then they end up leaving somewhere. I think Matt Rule's coaching staff has conveyed it to recruits and part of this 2023 coach or recruiting class, I should say, that that's their plan. You know, they want to sell guys on the plan. They're not saying, oh, yeah, come on in, you'll play right away and then pull the rug out from under them. And then they, you know, kind of get soured by it. Um, I think a lot of those transfers like the the Eric Gilberts, um, MJ Sherman's, maybe even, you know, Corey Collier. Those guys might play right away. Some of those, your plug-and-play transfer guys, Ben Scott's of the world, you know, these the guys that they get in are primed to go into positions of need and work, whereas a lot of the 18-year-olds the or high school seniors that come in right away are a little bit more of a developmental project, especially on the lines for them. So it's going to be kind of tough to gauge what success looks like, but if they get a couple of guys that can step in, maybe even a couple of those younger guys fill in spots later down the road, maybe give you a few good snaps on special teams or something, I think the coaching staff will probably feel pretty good about that. The coaching staff, to me, will make it pretty clear the why, right? The, the listen, we don't think you're ready, or why don't you take some time to develop? And maybe if you get some kids that are – more mature, they'll see it themselves versus the the point you laid out where if you're used to having it one way because you've been the best dude on the field or even in your city, it's a whole different ball game. So it'll be uh, it'll be important to get guys that that truly embrace competition and then can deal with all right, not being the guy right away, but but trusting in. Uh, they'll get me to where I need to go, finish line wise, and and I'll see the field eventually. I mean, it comes back to, you know, the personalities they're recruiting, Brady. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the things Matt Rule kind of said when he was introduced was um, he's his first meeting with the what the team was going to be. You didn't choose me; I chose you. You know, a lot of you guys, none of none of them were recruited by Rule at that point. Uh, so if any of them wanted out or wanted to didn't see themselves in his um, his scheme, his vision of the program, any of the workouts, if none of that really vibed with them, nobody would blame them if they wanted out. And I think everybody wants to give it a shot because everybody thinks they can play, be a ball player and play at a high level. Some just realistically aren't going to fit that scheme because Rule likes his speed guys on the outside. He likes to develop big, girthy, physical guys on the line. And some, just frankly, just aren't going to be able to adapt and suit in well with the strength and conditioning workouts because the way Corey Campbell does things is a little bit different than the last guy. You know, each guy kind of has their own specialties, their own workouts, their own drills that other other guys are going to shine from. And inherently, other guys aren't going to stand out as much from. So it's it's going to be a because all of these guys are handpicked by Matt Rule, it's going to give him a really good chance to pinpoint guys that he likes and guys who will fit well to play right away. 
Brady, whenever you talk about guys playing right away, what do you think a healthy number of, of freshmen getting you know, roles in the team next year? Might not be starting uh, on the offense or the defense, but what do you think would be a, a healthy number of freshmen that we'll see on the field in some capacity next year? Um, outside of four games, because um, I think that they'll probably want most, the vast majority of them to redshirt next year. Outside of four games, I think really only two come to mind. Um, and that would be Prince Will, Mom Yellen, and Malachi Coleman. Um, and even Malachi come and go with just because of the sheer size of the receiver's room. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty competitive group there. And if not Malachi, I'd probably say Riley Van Poppel, maybe. He's got a, a drive in him that's really, that's really good to see. I think he could potentially see some field there. But Prince Will, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that front seven on the, on the defense. But I mean, he's just physically built. Like, you get him a little bit of college experience, he might be like a – I almost hate to make the comparison, but he's almost like an Ernest Houseman way of like, you, you you know, you throw him in college football a little bit, he might kind of sink a little bit. But next thing you know, he's up paddling on his own and tracking down a Michigan quarterback for a sack, you know. So it's it, – those are the two, maybe two and a half that kind of stand out. But I, I would – I would say most of the freshmen will probably redshirt in some capacity next year. I'm interested in seeing Fields, the linebacker, where yeah. where he makes his progress, and if you know through four games, uh, assuming everything goes well, and and he's big and strong and fast enough to play, and and they kind of raved about him back in December. You know, I look at the scholarship breakdown, and Brady has a good story up com post signing day. You look at the, the 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 scholarship breakdown right now. Nine linebackers. That seems all right, but okay. You know, you've got two that have been here for a hundred years, bless their heart, and then you've got five you haven't seen a lot of. You have six quarterbacks. What's the ideal number? Four. Is that typical? Is six successive? Six running backs. They want one more alignment to get to that sixteen number. They're at fifteen. 12-D lineman, four-edge, that seems low. But, again, you're going to mix and match with talent and, and what you're good at to, to maybe get off the edge. Uh, so that edge slash nickel makes the move up to eight, mm-hmm. right? And then 19 defensive backs. Brady, how's your leg? They just have one punter. <laughs> well, I don't, I've got some eligibility left, but I don't know if you're going to want to use it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> See, it was directional, it, it, I promise. It, it, <laughs> well, the numbers speak to competition that's what they want they want to put guys together and see you know who cuts it who's got the medal and who doesn't uh like i said the, the the front seven one is really interesting to me just because in that the three three five defense or the the hybrid defense the things that they want to do i mean we heard from terrence knight and kind of said good luck you're going to lose sleep trying to scheme over it because you don't know who's lining up over what and what your responsibilities are going to be and keep in mind, this coaching staff hasn't really had time to really get together and think of getting on the same page in terms of scheme yet, because most of them are just, you know, getting their recruiting wheels off. But the three-three-five inherently gives you a chance where your big uglies up front, your interior defensive linemen, it, it allows you to work with less of them and operate more of your lateral speed guys. And to your point about Eric Fields, I think he could be incredibly talented in that role on the ex- exterior at the linebacker. I'm curious to see what the adjustment to college from Ardmore, Oklahoma, is for him. But if he can adapt to that well, they've got plenty of guys in that spot, uh, even a chief boarders that can adjust to the speed and come up from a special teams role that he had at Florida and really fill that defensive spot at Nebraska. These these are spots that 
you get a guy with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and some speed, especially laterally and agility to move in that defense. I mean, that dog will hunt for me. You know, you see that on the field. That's that's kind of what you're looking for. Brady, last thought here about a minute to, to flip it around to the offensive side of the ball. Which position battle are you going to be most excited to watch this spring? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I'd almost say running back because I think Anthony Grant's got it. You know, he's pretty well situated, but they really like a lot of that. You know, A.J. and, and even Emmett Johnson, both of those guys have shown out. Uh, I the, the, the line is interesting to me because of the new additions. Um, how do you kind of shift around the guys that have been – at Nebraska and who fits in where and what scheme, you know, you kind of have an idea of how they're looking like, but, and, and just the growth, how, how, how much better and how much growth does that offensive line look like in 2023? Uh, read him with hailvarsity.com and magazine. Follow him at Brady Altman's on Twitter and can subscribe hailvarsity.com backslash offer is where you go to get the digital and magazine brady have a weekend and uh, we'll be able to talk some ball next week with some super bowl thanks for the time bud appreciate you guys